This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 390 with Hitha Palapu. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 390. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hitha Palapu is a multi-hyphenate, which is exactly why I wanted her to come here because this is a woman I've been stalking on Instagram and I'm fascinated by all the things she has her hands in. So Hitha is an entrepreneur, an investor, and an author. She is the CEO of Roshan Pharmaceuticals, a specialty pharma company that develops injectable presentations of common oral drugs. Hitha is also an active angel investor, having invested in or advised 10 plus women-led companies. How to Pack Smart Travel for Any Trip is her first book and an extension of her popular blog, Hitha on the Go. Her hashtag five smart reads series reaches 35,000 women every week. Hitha is equally committed to philanthropy, serving on the board of Sundara Fund and Youth Represent, the steering committee of Lincoln Center Kids and an ambassador of Beyond Capital. She lives in New York City with her husband and her two sons. And if you follow her Instagram stories, you will not understand like how she keeps up with her own life because I can barely keep up with her stories. 
and I'm constantly blown away and inspired by this woman. So I found her on Instagram. I reached out to her via messenger. Like you all ask how I get these guests. I literally send DMs on Instagram. Super professional, right? That's how Hitha and I got connected. And I was so excited when she said that she'd be interested in coming on the show. So I want you to listen in to hear Hitha share how she carves out self-care time for herself every single week, even on the fullest weeks her desire and her methods around raising emotionally intelligent sons, how she is raising her boys in two heritages as Indians and Americans, her identity as a multi-hyphenate and all the roles she embraces, her hobby that might become a business, hashtag five smart reads, and how she got into angel investing, how it works and how to get started. This is a fun, fast and fascinating conversation. I'm so, so excited to have Hitha here on the show. So honored that she took the time amidst her busy schedule in supporting women and kids and so many important causes. I could not be more excited, more honored to be introducing you to Hitha Palapu. Hitha, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm very excited and honored to have you here today. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. So I always like to tell people how I find guests and it's often really fancy ways like stalking people on Instagram and you're one of those people. So I found you through Amy Nelson, who is a female founder, an amazing mom of four little girls. And in watching her Insta stories, I saw you referenced and went down a rabbit hole looking through all your stuff. So, and then I immediately reached, I think I reached out on Instagram DM and was like, Hey, would you ever want to come on my show? So here we are. And I said, of course, I'm delighted to be here. Yes, I can't wait. Remind me, are you East Coast? I am in New York, but I went to UW, so I have Seattle ties myself. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, this makes it more fun. So you know the the Husky statue that's in front of the hub? Uh Uh-huh. That was my senior class gift. And I personally lobbied for a statue instead of a scholarship or a tree because I said, I want to have something cool on campus for people to come back and see that ties us to our identity. I mean, the only time you're down by the stadium where the other Husky statue is, is on game day. No Mm -hmm. one else is going and seeing that. And it's inconvenient to get to. Like, let's do something convenient when we bring back our kids and our families to have like an amazing photo moment um, tying us back to the school. Oh my gosh. I love this. So this is so interesting to me because I went to Gonzaga and a few years after I graduated, someone made, I don't know if it was a class gift or what, but they put up a big statue of bulldog. And my son, Mm -hmm. my mom lives in Spokane, right near Gonzaga campus. And we go every summer and we visit the bulldog and take pictures. And my son now fully thinks he's going to Gonzaga. And I'm like, it's only because they have the statue that he goes to visit every summer that this is now part of like his total reality in his mind, which is really, really cool. So I love that you did that. I love that. No, that make I can't wait to take my boys to the UW campus and like start getting pictures of them yes. on that husky statue yeah. and start grooming them. Yes, to, that's hey, totally. Hey, it's like hey. it's total market like grooming, marketing, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's totally. Exactly. So brainwashing. Great. Yeah, brainwashing. Exactly, exactly. So, tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Fueled by coffee yes. and wine. <laughs> I love it. It's, I knew this year would be an eventful year. I had my second son. My four-year-old is just growing and changing and so boisterous. But now in New York City, the kindergarten application is kind of insane. And we have to start that process this fall. So I knew it was going to be overflowing from a motherhood front. And then I run a company with my father. 
I knew we'd be overflowing on a professional front as well as we develop our lead product and get through some major activities to get us closer to FDA filing. So I knew it'd be crazy. I had no idea. It would be <laughs> so it lived up to its expectations. I need to just stop saying when things settle down because things are never going to settle down. And I am going to lean into the chaos and embrace it and surrender to it and make sure I am doing things every day to refill my cup and take care of myself because I can't wait for some arbitrary time in the future when things are supposedly going to be calmer because that's never going to happen. Totally, totally. I I give up. (laughs) I surrender. Yeah. So I think a lot of busyness is a mindset and that doesn't mean like, I think we are very legitimately busy as women and moms, especially. Mm -hmm. So I like to believe that my life is very full (laughs) instead of overly busy. And that helps me a little bit. Like right now I'm in a very full time. (laughs) And so I keep telling myself it's just so full and full feels somehow more positive in the moment (laughs) because I totally agree. There's like no signs of things slowing down. I am going to embrace that. I like embracing full over busy, but I also, it's a little overflowing right now. Like I think I'm calling the plumber. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, and so I'm curious when things are overflowing for you, how do you manage that? Because I can manage it to a certain point, but then I do have breakdowns and meltdowns and I have to like pull it back together. Oh no, I fully have (laughs) breakdowns and meltdowns. Like you are not alone in that. And what I try to do is something that's really helped me is taking a half day on Wednesdays Mm. to just recharge in the middle of the week. So I get everything that needs to get done done. But while I have childcare, thank God I have a flexible schedule. I take myself to see a movie or I go get a blowout or go to reflexology and have my feet rubbed for a half hour. Or I take my book to my favorite restaurant in the neighborhood and eat, take myself to lunch. I think it's really important to carve out and be very purposeful and mindful about it Yes. to recharge. Because if you don't, do it for yourself. Nobody is going to do it for you. Right. I do a similar thing on Fridays. And it's like the more busy I feel like I am, the more I have to be intentional about actually using that time for some rest and recovery, because otherwise it's Mm -hmm. really easy to skip that part. But what I notice is the more I practice that and the more I make myself carve out that time, the more quickly I can get into that time and go like straight into relaxation mode instead of it. Because there's definitely been times if I'm doing it really infrequently, it's very hard for me to tap into that place of like rest, recovery, and joy. But if I do it frequently, I can really like be like, I have one hour ready, go like, and just chill and Zen out for one hour. Uh, And efficient chilling is really important. I think the more you actually, it's like any practice, the more you do it, the better you get at it and you need less time to actually do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like working out (laughs) or meditation. It actually is a lot like meditation, I think, because it's really like tricking your mind or not tricking your mind, but being able to use your mind in a certain way and clear your mind in a certain way. Yeah. You know, we're we're talking on a Thursday. So yesterday I took just an hour to finish the book that I was reading because Mm -hmm. I needed to finish it. It was just so good and finish like a section of my current needlepoint project. And I felt so recharged and rejuvenated. 
I, I snuggled it. my baby. I read a couple books with my four-year-old and then I was able to go back to my computer and get everything done. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I want to talk a little bit. So you have this extremely full life and we'll talk a little bit more about all the pieces of that in a minute. I want to know, this is a question I usually end with, but when we reached out in conversation about setting up this interview, you said something to me about listening to my recent episode on raising emotionally intelligent boys. And so I'm going to start with where we usually end and talk about in what ways you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. And I'd love for you to dive into anything you want to say about raising emotionally intelligent boys, because I'm Mm -hmm. all here for that conversation. You know, I think a lot of moms go through this journey of before you have kids, expecting motherhood to be a certain way and expecting that you're going to be in control. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you're hysterically laughing, right? Because especially for people who've been controlling and type A before motherhood, we're like, I don't know what all these people are freaking out about. Like, I'm going to just do it better than everyone else and not freak out. (laughs) You're like, oh, Lordy. (laughs) Yep, totally. (laughs) So... I am unapologetically shameless in that I have decided what is important for me to give my sons as a mother and what they're going to learn, you know, in the world outside. So I promote reading, but I am not like you will spend this much time reading and doing activities that are academically focused or anything like that. I really come back to a Gloria Steinem quote, and it's constantly on my mind that's Basically, we've been so focused on raising our daughters like our sons that we forgot to start raising our sons like our daughters. Yes. And I think it's so important that we give our sons a really strong emotional base and to be mentally and emotionally healthy because that's something only a parent can offer. That safety, that security and giving them a space to process and express their emotions. I don't know when as a culture we got into this, we must only be happy and chasing the good emotions. You won't ever know what happiness truly feels like if you haven't been sad, or you don't know what a sense of accomplishment and success feels like if you haven't been frustrated and angry or right. fed up. Right. And letting my kids see me sad and say, I'm sad right now. And this is why. And This is how mommy is going to just sit with her sadness and feel better eventually and giving them modeling it for them and then also giving them space to learn how to process their emotions in a way that works for them because we all have our own process emotionally. And I think the more I focus on giving them that, they're going to learn how to read. They're going to learn how to write. They're going to learn how to do math. They're going to learn sports. But if this is what I can give them and be really focused and really intentional on this, and then that also does flow into basic courtesy. How do we treat one another? You know, that is really what I'm shamelessly, unapologetically focused on that more narrow goals for my children versus the bigger things that we do also consume ourselves and compare ourselves with other parents and kids on. Yeah. So something you said that stood out to me around emotion is I'm curious if your children process emotions similarly to you. And I'm asking because my son processes similarly to me, but more vigorously maybe than me and creating space for that is very trying. And I think part of it is because I see myself in his reactions sometimes. And 
then the amount of space I have to create for that. And it takes so much patience. And sometimes I think like, I just want to be a not, not a conscientious mom right now and be like, stop feeling and go to your room. <laughs> this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So I completely empathize with this. Ro, my older son, is my mini-me. Like, but not my mini me of when I was four years old. He is my adult personality, everything, Same. and a four-year-old body. Yes. And 
my parents kept like t- joking with me. Oh, if you have a kid just like you, you'll have it so easy when they're young and it'll get harder when like, you go to college. No, Ro is, maybe he'll still be trying me when he goes to college, but he is like, has the range of an adult emotions and now the words to express them that I don't feel like I had as a four-year-old, although my mother probably is going to listen to this and just start laughing and saying, no, 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 no. You were difficult too in this way, but it is hard. And there are times where you and mommy both need some space. Mm -hmm. We both need to process. And where would you like to do that? Would you like to do that in your room? Would you like to do that in your play area? Mommy is going to go here and I'm going to set a timer. And when the timer goes off, you can come up. Yeah. But like mama, mama needs some alone time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like just in another room, but he understands that the space doesn't mean mommy doesn't love him or I'm angry. It's just, I'm feeling a lot of feelings and I need some quiet and some space to process them. Mm. And he now says, I need some space. I'm feeling my feelings. I love that. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. And I think that's a really valuable lesson. And I know that when my son was really little, we didn't do a lot of time outs per se, but we did, it was more like space and it was space for me to pull myself together more than it was space for him to pull himself together. Because when you have like a two or three year old, like it's not their job to pull themselves together. They don't have those skills. But I was like, I'm like, mama needs a minute to like do some brainstorming about them. What are we going to do next? So yeah, I think that's really valuable. I follow a woman on Instagram. Her name is Thajal and she models this in such an incredible way. And I've learned so much from her on just raising emotionally resilient children and gotten so many great tools and tips, but she has a corner in her home called a time in corner. And she has these incredible posters that she got from a company called Generation Mindful that basically is like beautiful pictures and easy to read words of how do I feel? What can I do? And we have a little corner in our kitchen where we have those posters and like a tiny seat I got from World Market and that's his time in corner. And sometimes I go, do you want to be with your toys right now? Do you want to go take a seat in your time in corner? And going to the corner helps him have a place that feels safe to him. Mm-hmm. And we have a special toy that is just there in that corner, in that seat. And he'll say, I want water or we want it's exhausting. I won't <laughs> lie to you. It's not right, right, right. I appreciate that acknowledgement. <laughs> But it is a great tool and the more you do it and you as a parent are upholding this practice, your kids do pick up on it and it does give them this incredible sense of security and independence Mm -hmm. in how do I process my emotions. And it's been a game changer and Thajel has all the tips. So how do you spell her name? Tia's and Tom, E-J-A-L. And I think her handle is Tejal V as in Victor Patel, P-A-T-E-L. Okay. I'll link to that in the show notes. Thank you for that great resource. Yeah. So we do. She's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited to check her out. We do a lot of deep breathing to like move through an emotional thing, especially like the transitioning from like a meltdown on the walk to school and then having to transition into the classroom. And when you said it's so exhausting when you're giving these choices, my son is, we've been doing this deep breathing for years now. And it's so funny because he's getting better at it not taking as much time but there's times where I'm trying to like be really zen and like let's just do our deep breaths but in my head I'm like screaming about doing I'm like just do the deep breaths right now (laughs) and the patience that you have to bring to these situations 
it's so exhausting. <laughs> and so I mm-hmm. appreciate that acknowledgement of that. But I love this time in corner and having something special there. Because I think what's so important is that like having emotion to take the concept of punishment out of emotional regulation. And so a time yeah. out place is punishment versus a time in and you have a special toy that's there and you have this feelings chart and all that. I think that's a great reframe. So I want to talk about your sons and their identity. So I know that their identity is it ties to their heritage and you are helping them build identities as Indians and as Americans. Can you talk about that? I mean, I am a work in progress <laughs> and I am lucky to have some really incredible friends who have taught me so much about my own the religion I was raised with, but didn't really know much about mm-hmm. and ways to incorporate that in a modern way. It's I grew up feeling very Indian as well as American. And mm-hmm. my family and I went to India almost every year. I speak Telugu, which is the language from the state we're from. Spent a lot of time with my aunts and uncles, did Indian classical dance and singing growing up. And I'm very proud of my Indian heritage, but I'm also very proud of my American heritage and how my Indianness is a big part of my American identity. My husband did not grow up with as close of a tie to his culture or went back to India very infrequently and grow up feeling much more American than Indian. So it was interesting how we have been trying to figure out what works for us and our family. And it's certainly not how I was raised. and It's not how he was raised. And it's finding something in the middle that works for us because it also a lot of it is related to what can you handle as a parent? We have so many other obligations of what we need to teach our kids or want to give our kids and whatnot. Where does cultural upbringing fit into that? And how do we involve our families into that? And I lean on, lean on on my mother a lot. And she also has certain requests of wanting to do certain ceremonies for the boys, especially in the first year of their life. That, listen, she's been there for me. I, something goes wrong. I call her crying. She drops everything and stays for a few days. She's the most incredible grandmother that she makes a small request. I do it with, in, with good cheer because... Mm-hmm. It's minor, but it's been interesting because it's still very much a work in progress. I don't have an answer for you, but what I do like to do is make sure we are observing holidays in a way that is really fun, Mm -hmm. but also an opportunity for my husband and I to learn as well as teach the boys at the same time. I'm lucky to have some friends in New York and in the New York area who are so good at this and just invite us to their things. Nice. I am not at all ashamed of just taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really fun that and wonderful that there are so many more resources now than I had when I was growing up. Now, a Netflix series just was announced about introduce about the Hindu gods in a really cool animated way. Nice. There's an independent publisher called Budith Babies that publishes incredible books, both focused on the Hindu religion and the mythology, but also Indian American identity for kids and helping them feel secure. And my skin is a different color and my name is probably different and I eat different food. And that's awesome. And helping them own it. And I didn't have that. When I grew up, I had a poo, <laughs> which is right which is rife with issues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I also love that you're like 
figuring it out as you go and not claiming that you know it all and looking at people who are doing things in a way that feels good to you and then following their lead and joining in on things that already exist. I think we don't, it's easy to not take advantage of opportunities sometimes to look and be like, oh, well, they're doing that thing over there, but I'm not invited or I don't know how to get in or whatever. And so to like invite yourself to the table and to make it clear, like, I don't totally know what I'm doing, but I want to be a part of it. And I think that applies to so many things. I love it in the context that you've offered it, but I also think it applies in terms of like women getting into leadership and white women talking about race. And it's just so across the board where we can apply that kind of thinking that we don't have to know all the things and do it all right. We just need to find Mm -hmm. spaces where it's being done and get in there. Absolutely. And I have found this community of Indian American women on social media, many who have become in real life friends now Mm -hmm. to be so welcoming and warm and inclusive. And we're just sharing stories. We're all just doing our best as we can. But it's been amazing to feel really connected to my culture while also building these relationships with incredible women. And that's one of the things I do love about social media, that it's become a really happy place for me in the way I've curated who I follow and how I engage. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I'm always talking about that. Like you get to choose who you invite into your living room and that's what social media is. Like be real careful with those invitations. Yeah. You can choose to feel bad about yourself because you're comparing yourself to these people who have seemingly perfect lives, or you can choose to engage and have real conversations and build real relationships with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to shift gears a little from your, the identity of your sons into your identity. And one of the things that attracted me to you when I went down my little rabbit hole of internet stalking or Instagram stalking was all the layers of your identity as an Indian woman, as a mom, as a book lover and promoter. You have to tell us about five smart reads as a businesswoman and an angel investor. I mean, like I was reading through these things, like this woman is doing all of the coolest things. And so can you talk about these different pieces that make up who you are? Oh my God. I don't stop and think about it because otherwise I just get very, very tired. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hold on. I need to take a nap before I answer that question. (laughs) I kind of feel like I do. And that's a big part of it is I don't stop to think. Mm. I just kind of go forward. And also when I'm offline, I'm offline. I, I take my recharging time very, very seriously. Good for you. You know, that's why I call myself a multi-hyphenate because I don't want to have to choose a single identity. There is no one identity that makes me feel 100% myself. And I have to acknowledge that I did have a sense of privilege growing up. I was lucky to be able to do any extracurricular I wanted, that it was never a financial burden for my parents, nor a time burden. My mom would drop everything to get me to all my classes or all my activities. And that their investment in me and my childhood times made me realize that as an adult, you don't have to choose just one thing. You can do many things. You can be many things. And I had a leg up in life because I was able to cultivate that identity at a very young age. And most people are not nearly that lucky. And it's important to acknowledge that. That is really cool. And very much the opposite of that. I mean, like I had parents who did one job their entire life and that was what they modeled. And that's what they were like, well, then you just go to college and you learn how to do the one thing. And then you go do the one thing for 42 years. (laughs) And that's that. And that is so not me. 
And that's not my mother. She modeled this in a really big way. I've seen her be in different careers from, she was a project manager at a telecom company. She had her own travel agency. My graduation dance recital of Romanian classical dance, but at the Nadium was basically a full-time job. And we were about to move to England right oh my after my performance. So she was handling taking care of the musicians that flew in from India, cooking them food every day and shuttling me to practice and making sure I was resting and I had what I need and getting the house ready to be packed up and moved where certain things would be going to storage, certain things would be coming to England and certain things we were selling. And I just, I'm exhausted just thinking about that, but she made it look easy. Amazing. Amazing. And so she modeled it for me. Yeah. Things are only as hard as you're going to let them be yes. or you can lean in and kind of enjoy the ride. And I have to remind myself of this a lot. I do get overwhelmed and sometimes paralyzed when I just have my, my cup is really overflowing and I don't know where it's coming from and it does get too much. But that's when I also usually call her and she just says one at a time. What's one thing you could do right now? Okay, then take a little break. What's the next thing you can do? Okay, do that, then take a little break. She helps break it down for me. And she goes, I never had it completely together. Why else do you think I always sent you to your friend's house? Like there are times like I just sat and cried because I was so overwhelmed. Yeah, that's good. I love that you lean on her and I love that she acknowledges leaning on others because I think that there's a lot of power in that. Like she's not saying I did it all and you should be able to figure it out or it's harder for you than it was for me. Like fully acknowledging like, no, it's hard for everyone. <laughs> and here's how I made it work. And here's, here's some ideas and some, some suggestions. She has also told me, she goes, stop throwing yourself a pity party. Like this has gone oh. on long enough. Like get over <laughs> it and get back to work. <laughs> I love it. I, I've, maybe I need to have her on the shameless mom academy. <laughs> I think you I should. Oh my She's gosh, amazing. So she sounds like it. So I want to talk about five smart reads and go ahead, tell us about it. And then I have follow-up questions. I'm very excited about this. Sure. So tell us about five smart reads. And, and is, I feel like this is kind of what you most talk about on Instagram. So, but I'm not sure if it's like a hobby or a business. So tell us like just okay. all the things. I'm still figuring that out too. <laughs> I think there's room for both for sure. <laughs> For sure. I mean, there's a time and a place. So the business is probably going to wait for a little while, but I do see it evolving in that direction. It's I have always been a total news. Like, I love the news. I've loved the news since I was a kid. Just a very nerdy, precocious child into turning into a very nerdy adult. <laughs> and this reading habit cultivated in high school because I was on the debate team. And my event was extemporaneous speaking. And that's when you pick three topics out of a hat. You have to pick one. And you have all the research you need of like the latest articles on a certain topic. But if you weren't reading all those articles on a regular basis during the week, you don't even know where to start. You need to be able to have an argument and frame out your argument. You have 30 minutes to write a speech and memorize it and then deliver it. Oh, my gosh. I'm like having an anxiety attack right now. <laughs> my stomach is like, oh, my gosh, this sounds so hard and scary. <laughs> It was the most thrilling thing I did in high school, to be honest. I mean, I sound like such a nerd, but it's true. I own it. No, but and you have to own these things because it gives other people permission to own them. And we need to have more women who are like really excited and geeky about being super smart and owning it so they can be leaders. I so. love it. So that cultivated a news consumption habit that really just never stopped. 
the medium in which I consume my news has changed. And certainly the changing media landscape has changed what I read and how much I read. But I've always been just a news lover. And Five Smart Reads was basically my way of getting other people to be news lovers. So I had someone to talk about these articles with. I, it's so brilliant, though, because it's again, it's like instead of taking your thing that you're like, I'm just such a nerd and I'm going to isolate over it. You're like, here, let me form a community of nerdiness and invite you all in. And now we're all super cool together, <laughs> which is power. That's I mean, the there's goal. power in that. That's the goal. And I'm delighted at the response, like really happily surprised at how much it is resonating with people. And I think there is so much news out there that curation is almost more essential in this very noisy climate we live in than creation. And I don't have time to create, but I do have time to curate. And if it helps bring other people into the conversation and allow them to cultivate a habit that works for them and feel a little bit more engaged with the world and let them feel a little bit more aware of what's happening, I'm delighted to be a part of that. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw you post, I think it was either yesterday morning or this morning, you mentioned that your much of your news consumption is liberal leaning, but you wanted to be able to consume more conservative based news in a thoughtful mm -hmm. way. And you put out this request, like, what are some suggestions? And like, I already loved many of your suggestions. and I'm so intrigued by so much of the stuff that you post. But I also love that you aren't just like, here's all the things that I read that are from like a certain viewpoint or that are, you know, all leaning in one direction. But also, I want to know like all the other sides of things and community come together and help me find those things or point me in the right direction, which I think mm -hmm. is really, really powerful. Can you just talk a little bit about that? that specific, it was an Instagram story, but that specific instance, because I think it's a really important thing in this current news landscape. I mean, and I think it also kind of goes into what's happening right now with, are you someone who's a part of cancel culture? Or are you someone who is kind of just wants to be deaf to what's happening and stay in a bubble? Or are you somewhere in between? I'm someone in between. I have my filters. There are times where I go, I cannot possibly consume any more of what's happening in the world today. It is overwhelming me and it's negatively affecting my mood and mm -hmm. my health. Mm -hmm. And then I also have, yes, your purchasing decisions, what you buy, what you choose to read does have a tangible financial impact on something in some way. And I do believe that you should be mindful of that. But also Amazon is so freaking convenient that I can't give up my Amazon consumption either. So right. <laughs> it's about making, just doing your best mm -hmm. and feeling secure in that. But what I did realize is a lot of the outlets I share are more liberal leaning. And that does certainly keep me in a certain viewpoint or point of view that I don't know if I'm becoming more deaf to other points of view or as open to them. So trying to find a conservative outlet that also wasn't behind a paywall the mm -hmm. way the Wall Street Journal is, but was informed in solid reporting and detailed facts and was easy to read. I was delighted to find the dispatch because I go, this is very much in line with what I am looking for. Mm -hmm. And it's good to realize when you read something like that, we actually have a lot more in common then we do our differences. And oftentimes we have the same end goal in mind and we just differ on how do we get there. And change is not going to happen if you stay out in the fridges. Change happens when you come in, 
have conversations, learn from one another, and together plot what it can be different for all of us. Yes, yes. I did an interview with two women, Sarah and Beth, from their podcast called Pantsuit Politics, I believe. Mm -hmm. One of them is left-leaning. And oh my gosh, it was so eye-opening and so great that they're like, we have conversations around like the hardest things. Like one of us is pro-choice and one of us is pro-life. Like, And to be able to have a really thoughtful, conscientious conversation and feel like it's productive (laughs) is that's a gift in this current landscape. And it's a gift to be able to have that and also to be able to model that to other people. And I don't necessarily like do a ton of political, specifically political episodes on my show, but I thought this one was so powerful because there is so much space for us to see each other and connect with each other Mm -hmm. and find commonalities. But it's way, way easier to find differences and just go screaming about the differences. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know how you have time to do all the consuming. Whenever I see your recommendations, I'm like, how does she have time to read all these things? And you told me before we started to record that you have a little trick. So for all these busy moms who are like, how do I read five articles a day or five books? Go ahead and tell us how you do it. I mean, reading, it's a choice for me. I choose it in all the little snippets of time that I do have. So when I'm on the subway, when I'm waiting in line, when I'm waiting for a meeting to begin, I can be found reading. I'm not scrolling or doing, putzing around the internet as much anymore. And it's refreshing. But there's an app I use called Instapaper. And what I can do is when I save an article to Instapaper, it saves the entire text of that article And their app is a really no frills, very clean reading experience. So then I don't get bombarded by the ads Mm. and everything that usually comes from all the things you have to tap uh, reading it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how I stay focused on the article because there's nothing else distracting me. And I'm not like, oh, let me tap on that ad. That's a cool ring. Or, oh my gosh, I've been retargeted for the same like. $20,000 $20,000 ring from Moda Operandi, like on the internet for the oh past two weeks. And I'm like, so this funny. is really annoying. I love this ring. I cannot afford this right, ring. Right. That's hilarious. Cause I, I just recently, I recently bought a watch that I was retarded for. And I was like, I give up. I'm buying the watch. It was not that expensive, but, and now I'm like this morning, I spent like 20 minutes looking at a pair of fur lined boots. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So I love this concept that allows you to be focused and engaged and really be efficient in your goal around taking in the content. Yeah. And that way, when I'm not distracted, I can get through reading a lot quicker yeah. than if I were reading on that native website experience. Right. right. Okay. So I'm going to link to, it's called Instapaper is the name of the app. Instapaper. Okay, so and will... Pocket is another similar app as well. They both do the same thing. I just started on Instapaper really early on, and that is why I'm there. Okay. I will link to those both. I just made a note. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Um, okay, so I want to talk about something that I think is so cool, and I think a lot of people probably don't know what this even means, but talk about being an angel investor. So this is one of the things that you had in your profile on Instagram, and one of your many, as a multi-hyphenate, one of the many things that you do, what does that mean? And I know you're specifically passionate about investing in women as an angel investor, so can you talk about that mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, I love talking about this. I'm so excited for this. I'm very nosy (laughs) about this, to be honest. So go right ahead. (laughs) I stumbled into it. I did not set out to be an investor. What happened was there was a women's wear brand that I had been a very early fan and customer of, and I had gotten to know and become close with their founder and CEO. And one day we were having coffee, we were just catching up and we were talking about negotiating because at the time I was running business development for my father's previous company and that was my job. And she asked how I structure a negotiation and when does it feel like a win-win and what do I want? And I walked her through my framework and I asked, well, why are you asking what's going on? And she said, oh, we're raising for MM. And I didn't know if I could be an actual investor or anything, but I said, I want to invest. She's like, you would? And I said, of course I would. And then talk to my husband and he's like, I think we have to like have a certain income threshold or whatnot. He took care of figuring all that out. But frankly, that was so much more exciting to me than shopping and buying myself something new. So angel investing was one of the things that actually got me to be better about my personal finances, one. Yeah. And then because two, you were choosing to prioritize in a certain in, yeah. a, in a certain way. Okay. I would much rather spend, have money set aside to invest in one more company a year than having more shoes or clothes in my closet. And then I have a lot of friends. I think something good about being in New York is that the women's entrepreneurship community is growing and is very engaged with one another. And my friends were just starting really cool businesses and we were in a position to write some of their first checks. And Now, you know, we have a portfolio of over 10 companies and all but one are founded by women. All of them are founded by like women or minorities. And it's amazing to help be a part of their journey as they're going out to solve real problems that normally real women are facing. Right. So cool. Okay. So I have more questions. Is there like a threshold like a minimum threshold if you were going to be an angel investor in terms of how much you need to invest. And then also what happens on the back end of making the investments? Like if the company does well, what are the implications for you? Or if the company doesn't do well, what are the implications for you? 
So first, there is, I think it's the SEC requires you to at least individually have earned $200,000 in income for the past three years. If you're investing as a couple, that's 300 or 350 or have $1 million in assets, excluding real estate investments. Oh, interesting. Okay. So in order to legally invest in a company that you have to have that threshold. And basically it's, you have to be willing to never see this money again. Yeah. You should be comfortable. You should be in a financial security situation where if the company doesn't work out, you don't get your money back and you won't even forget a return. You just won't see that money again. And what does it look like when a company is successful? Well, if they go public or if they're acquired by another company, that's a night, hopefully a nice payout for you where you'll definitely be getting your money back, but maybe even more. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had an exit yet. So I really don't, can't speak to that yet, but all of our portfolio companies are still in business, generating revenue, many are profitable. And that to me is really important. Yeah. I think we We've so been so quick to define success of a startup of how much they've raised. And I think building a profitable, long-term, sustainable company is a lot more important. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's really powerful to... So I actually know a few women angel investors who specifically invest in female companies and as diverse as possible when they are choosing companies and who they want to support. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's such a powerful thing to do. And I would encourage people listening to consider the implications of that. I know that there's, I don't want to tell people to not like give to charity, but but this is Mm -hmm. also another way of giving back that has really massive ripple effects. And so, and sometimes I, you know, in terms of if you're looking to, find this to be affordable or accessible, you could also look at like, well, what are your current charitable contributions? And is that something that you could shift in order to invest in a female founded business? And that might be a really powerful place to be. And I totally appreciate that you're like, you go into it thinking that you're just not going to get it back. And then it's like a fun gift if you do. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly right. But I do think it's important for women to start deploying their capital in other businesses because this is what men have been doing for centuries. Men invest, they amass capital, women deploy capital to charity. But where is the return on that for us? Such a good point. Money is power. This is why men have been able to stay in power for as long as they have. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know who Rachel Rogers is? Are you familiar with Rachel no. Rogers? So she's my business coach and she has a company called Hello7 and a mastermind group called Million Dollar Badass. And her philosophy is that all women should be millionaires. And she has this very firm belief that women and especially women of color need to be aggressively pursuing six, seven figure salaries and business and building seven figure businesses because of exactly what you just said, that money is power. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go buy nice boots and a nice handbag, like go for it. And also the global impact of women having money and wealth is it's going to change the landscape. And it's one of the only things that's going to change the landscape. And so women, Mm -hmm. I totally, that's such an interesting point that I hadn't considered that women in particular are more likely to invest in charities and men will invest in businesses because we need to have women investing in ways that will promote power for women. Mm Mm-hmm. So good. That's absolutely right. Okay. So we have just a couple minutes left. 
you live and work with your father. So we have to address that. <laughs> Talk about I this. Mean, and you mentioned at the top, you said that you work for your dad or with your dad. And so is this part, of, like, is this another part of the many things in your pocket? Or is this part of what we've already talked about? In terms I mean, of this income? is probably the biggest part of my okay. top pocket. Okay. I wish investing was my full-time job. It's not. I am the CEO of a pharmaceutical company that my father founded that focused on the developing of a product that he has been on and off working on for his entire career. Wow. So the way he says it, he goes, this is my swan song. I want to successfully get this product to the FDA approval and launched, and then I will fully retire. And I believe him this time. <laughs> but that is my day job. And I work with an incredibly seasoned team who have frankly been doing all of their jobs and developing drugs in their fields for longer than I've been alive. Oh my goodness. And so that's that my life, right? I, so you feel totally comfortable, right? Like no big deal. I have just, I think, been so used to being uncomfortable because I've always been around and worked with people who are much older than me, much more seasoned than me, that I had to figure out how to get comfortable in the uncomfortableness. Yeah, yes. Oh, I, think that's, I think that's so important. And I actually use similar phrasing around that frequently. Like, yeah, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And then the amount of growth you can experience and leverage is like beyond what you could imagine. Yeah. So I love that you just step into that. I think that's really, really powerful. Okay, so... I want to know what your favorite way to decompress after a long day is. Is it reading? <laughs> reading on instant paper? It's reading a physical book. Oh, um, still reading. I was, I, when still I. Still reading. <laughs> still reading. So tell us, your day has ended. You've done 18 of your 19 and a half jobs that you have and put your babies the to boys, bed. And then you. The boys are in bed. That's when. If my dad's here, we're having a glass of wine and just talking and not talking about work and not talking about the kids. Like he reads a lot and watches a lot of like Indian movies that I otherwise wouldn't have watched. So he like tells me which ones are worth watching. I like it when then he goes to bed and I get to clean the kitchen the way I like it to be cleaned. <laughs> Reclean the kitchen. <laughs> kind of reclean the kitchen, like load the dishwasher a certain way. Like I share this again with my mother. She's exactly the same way. So whenever she comes to stay with us, I'm like, you can clean the kitchen. Yeah, I get it. And then when you're gone, I'll be back to how I like yeah. it. Yeah. I, I use those nights to go to bed or go to bed early. And then I'm either needle pointing. I basically have the interest of a grandma. I like to needle point and crochet and like sip tea and go to bed early. I love it. Like, so great. But this is like the thing. I mean, I was actually just talking to someone about this yesterday about I was referencing a friend who recently moved into a, like a super hip part of town where like she's really close to all the bars and everything. And she's mm -hmm. in her mid 40s. And I was like, this is, she's in her mid 40s living the life of a 21 year old. And I'm like in awe because I'm in my mid 40s living the life of like a 95 year old. And I'm very happy with it. <laughs> so yeah, I can totally relate to your your joy in your evening routine. Oh, Hitha, this has been so awesome. I so appreciate you being here. Tell listeners where we can find you, where everyone can connect with you and anything else you want to share with us. Yes, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Hitha, H-I-T-H-A, Palapu, P as in Peter, A-L-E-P-U. And on my link in bio is where you can join my Facebook group, sign up for the Five Smart Reads newsletter, 
access the Amazon store where everyone is asking me, where did you get that sweatshirt you found on Amazon? Or nice. where, what are you reading right now? Or what are your favorite things for the kids? And that is really my current home on the internet. There will be a Five Smart Reads website launching early next year as well as Yay. the podcast. Oh, but a podcast. Have, yes. Yeah. I just don't have time for it right now. But I, I don't know why. <laughs> So we will link up to all of that. And then you also have hitthonthego.com, five smart reads. Yes. Okay. That Hit on the Go is my blog for almost 10 years. And it is now in kind of an archive of everything I've ever written. So Mm -hmm. it's a great resource for packing advice, travel tips, books, outfits, recipes, but I'm no longer regularly posting to it, nor do I plan to. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I will link everything up in the show notes. It sounds like people should just go straight to Instagram right now, though, and follow you. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here today. This was really fun and just really fascinating. I so appreciate you taking the time. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here, and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.